Hello beautiful writers, welcome to my channel. You will find quick tips and author tools. Today I have some quick tips for you about research. But before we get started, you know what I have to say. I have to say subscribe and hit notify. And it's kind of exciting. My numbers are starting to creep up a little bit. It'd be super cool to get to 70 subscribers. So if you haven't already, click that button. <laughs> a lot of writers do a pretty fair amount of research for our novels. One of the genres that I write is historical fiction and I do so much research. But you know, I also do a lot of research for my other genres. For my paranormal novels, too. And I'm doing a lot of research for the comedy drama that I'm doing now. You know, it all adds up. If you write historical fiction, you know that research takes months. It's often the case that research continues throughout the first few drafts of your novel as you try to plug in those, you know, cool facts. Whatever genre you write, it's kind of fun to just weave in those kind of cool facts. And one of the problems with research is we get carried away, but I'm going to give you a few tips, not about that. That would be another time, but a how to organize your research. Lucky me, I wrote a lot of essays for college. Not really lucky me. And it really honed my research skills. Another thing that really honed my research skills was having to teach how to research to my students. That made me a lot more cognizant of finding ways that were going to be super effective and time-saving because I'm all about time-saving methods. So I'm gonna give you 10 tips today and they'll be posted in the description box below as well. The first tip is to make a timeline. Now for Impaler's Wife, I had two POVs. And so my timeline was in three columns. It was the actual historical facts and figures about births and battles, that kind of thing. And then I had one of the main characters timelines and then the other characters timeline. So when I opened up the document, I could make sure that things were coming in at the right time. Did it take time to create that? Yeah, it, it really did. But in the end, it really helped me in third and fourth drafts to make sure that things were aligned. Because as you know, all it takes is one little missed keystroke and that 1476 turns into 1479. <laughs> and you know a reader will find that. Another reason I use timelines is because I usually use a multitude of research material. A lot of it is just like up through, up through this section here. And when I'm using multiple resources, they're giving different dates and it's just easier for me to put it all onto one Word document. Sometimes if it's really confusing and I don't want it on a Word document, I need it like front and center. I have this giant whiteboard and that becomes my over the fireplace decor for the next six months. For Dragon Lady, I had two timelines and it was all of the 
battles, the births, the deaths, all the different things that were going on with that. And there was a lot. And then I aligned it with the timeline for the novel. And so I would see which worked with what and made sure to weave those dates in. The second is to keep a binder. I'm one of those people, I'm tactile. Like I need a piece of paper, I like a physical book. The same thing with my research. There's so much we can find online and I'm gonna discuss that in a minute, but often I find that I need to print it. I need to print the material. Now I'm gonna show you the two binders. They're not in binders anymore. I took the paper out and actually filed it in my file cabinet, but I want to show you what I did. So this, it was all in a binder and it was for, which one is this? Oh, this was all for the Emperor's Assassin. And you can see I've even, <laughs> I've even tabbed it. I highlighted it, I needed to go back to it. I found really cool things and it, it allowed me to actually have a physical copy of a lot of that stuff I found on the internet that I knew I was gonna be needing it uh, pretty frequently. Maps, cool things. This is the resource material I ended up using for Dragon Lady. There was so many cool PDFs, so much cool information on there that I printed it. And one of the cool things I found was the actual account of Jay Turner, uh, which I actually used in the novel, maybe a paragraph from it, but I printed it and I actually have his diary. So that was a total coup find. And you can see, see, I'm very resourceful. I'm using old paper as well. I have my husband bring it from the office. So I'm using the back side of all the paper a lot of times, but it allowed me to find really cool data and highlight what I needed in easy accessibility. Once I'm done the novel, of course, I put it in a folder and I put it in a file. The third is how to save your websites. I save my websites or photos onto Pinterest and I make it a secret board. It allows me to access the photos, the maps, um, a lot of the articles, and I don't have to go search for them, especially the photos. And after I'm finished with the novel, I make that board public. So you have another way to showcase your work to readers on Pinterest. I find that putting things, the first book I ever did, I put everything on my favorites and that didn't work because after a few months, my favorite list was like, way too long. <laughs> the fourth trick that I learned really goes back to my essay writing days and my thesis writing days for my masters. And I found that when I write the first, second draft, I need to refer to things all the time. And so what I do is I embed the URL right into the draft of my work. That way, when I come back around to it with the next rewrite, if there was a question, if I wanted to add something, if I wanted to double check on something, I just clicked on the URL, bam, it took me there, easy check. Of course, I pull those URLs out at probably the fifth or sixth draft. You don't want those in there. 
when I pull the URLs out, I make a Word document and then I save them chronologically on the Word document. That way I somehow always have them. I just feel better that way because it just seems so often that, you know, my editor might ask me, what was this again? Or did you spell this correctly? And if I didn't save it, I can never find it again. That happened with Confessions of a Sheba Queen. I had found an amazing like local name for some rodent. I could never find it again. I searched and searched and finally, I think I just said, you know, rodent, which just didn't have the same flavor <laughs> as the local name. The fifth is in-text citations. I, that sounds like an essay thesis thing and you're absolutely right. As you can see, I have a lot of research books. So I can't insert an actual URL that takes me to this site. So I actually use in-text citations. If you remember from school is the book and the page number. So if I have source material, I have a fact, I have a detail from this particular book, then I'm writing the book in and then the page number where I got it. That way, once again, if I have questions, I want more detail, I can access it quickly because when I write the first couple drafts of things, my books are already like stacked next to me because I'm always checking and rechecking things. The sixth tip, and some of you might not like it, and some of you may already have noticed it from the book that I used here, is that I purchase my books. I purchase them. Why? Because it gives me an excuse to buy a book. I don't really because I like to mark them up. I know it's sad. This, you can't get this book anymore. You can't purchase it on Amazon. It had to come from a, a private. It has, it was a lot of money, but it was the original source. So I marked up the book. Now I penciled I penciled things in so at least it wasn't a pen. But if you can't bear to do that, then just use those lovely little sticky notes. They work just as well. I kind of like writing in my books for some reason, but sticky notes work just as well. Second is to create charts for easy fact access. One of the things I do with all of my novels, especially the historical fiction, is I create a lot of charts. And on the charts, we would have things like the food at the time, the location, the topography, the weather, what people did for a living, the types of clothes they wore, the types of drinks they had, weaponry, anything you need to bring that novel into the time, into the place. And the chart would just grow and get bigger and bigger as I took those facts and moved them into the chart. For example, with Dragon Lady, I had, it was probably my biggest chart ever, just because I had all the different gods and goddesses. I had different things that they said about the weather. I had all of the different pirate jobs, all the different ways they would board a ship, all the different things they sold. When I write, I don't wanna say they boarded the ship. I would jump to the chart and I would see the different ways that they would board the ship and then actually use that in there. And it was just easier for me because I can't hold all of that stuff in my brain to keep referring to the chart. The seventh is to use a primary source. 
Now I've held this book up a few times. This book was a primary source. It was worth the, I think $120 I paid for it because let me show you something. The notes, this is the back of the book and this is the notes section had more information that I needed than the actual book itself. It told me the colors of the pirate flags. I couldn't find that anywhere, but there it was in the back of the book, in the notes section, score. It told me my protagonist's name. She didn't, she doesn't have a name. She just went by like Mrs. I'm like, no, I need her name. I found this in the, in the notes section. It was gold. It was worth every, every dollar. The ninth research tip is your phone. A lot of times when I'm not actually actively writing, I am maybe at the grocery store or I'm watching TV sort of kind of, and a commercial comes on, or I'm sitting at a really boring family event, you know, and I'm just kind of bored and I know I need some information for a novel. And so I start scrolling on my phone, right? When I find some amazing website and I always find them when I'm scrolling on my phone, right? I'm like, oh, I immediately send an email to myself with the URL in it. That way, when I come back to my actual computer and I need to go look it back up, bam, it's right there. I find that super easy. The 10th research tip is to use Wiki as a springboard for diving into more complex nuanced material. Wiki is great for some basic stuff, but if you scroll all the way to the bottom of Wiki, you're going to find where they got all their source material. And sometimes all it takes is a bam, is a click and you are on that source material and then you get a lot more information. So I tell, writers to use wiki but then scroll down and use their own source material to find what you need so those are my 10 research tips i hope you can use some add some to your own research tips i hope you found them useful if you have other research tips i would love to hear about them just put that in the comment because we all need research tips. We all need ways to make our lives easier when we're writing a book. Also, and I put this in last week's video, this month is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And so what I am doing, instead of having any kind of book sales or book discounts, I'm giving 20% of this month's sales to an organization called Breast Cancer Angels. So if you haven't bought one of my books before, now's the time to do it because they get 20%. Thanks for listening, writers. I hope you enjoyed today's writing tips. And if you haven't already, subscribe, notify. Thanks so much. And remember, writers, to dream, create, and embrace. Bye-bye. Happy writing. Thanks for watching.